Welcome to Better Cast Saul, the officially unofficial podcast for Better Call Saul on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we just got done watching season four, episode four, titled Talk, which was weird because this is called an instant talk podcast. Yeah. And so I think the instant is 404 implied. Talk Instant Talk, which yeah. was a very strange title. Yeah. When I was writing it out. Uh, what do you think of this episode? I thought this episode felt like it was a lot of filler. But it did have huh. some interesting develops developments on the um, the Salamanca war plot. Uh, I thought I had a really good scene with Mike, uh, where he calls bullshit on the <laughs> f- confabulator or whatever the hell you you, I, you know. I don't I don't know what you call a guy who goes to uh, the uh, fabricator, the fabricator yeah. to the, the guy that goes to support groups to get the, and makes up stories for sympathy. It uh-huh. would be interesting if. Uh, Mike's completely wrong about this guy, or right, but for the wrong reasons. Uh huh. Um, cause you know, but but yeah. Before I start monologuing about the episode, what'd you think? Uh, yeah, I was. I got to say, not super thrilled with this episode. I thought they were going to go somewhere with that Kim thing. Uh, and I know eventually they will, but man, the first half of this episode left me very confused. Uh, which I I understand is intentional. The second half of this episode didn't feel like it paid off the first half well yeah and this is with that kim thing i guess like some of my frustration was because i felt like a lot of that was already a tease and Uh you could be because she said oh drop me off at the courthouse and you're like oh is she forging documents was she researching the mcgill file no she's just she's just being a public defender well, this is this is what the villain calls the long tease. Yeah, the very very long tease. But it's weird because in Breaking Bad, anytime he would like take a flyer like this, you always knew it was going to connect somehow to the main plot. Here, it's like I'm I'm being asked to watch ten fifteen minutes of stuff that I have no idea how it relates to, like of, of stuff that's ostensibly the C plot, and I have no idea how it relates back to yeah. to, and I don't. And I was willing to indulge it for those, sure. those first 20 minutes yep. or whatever, if it would have paid off at the end of the episode, if it could have been a little more self-contained here. But it seems like they're going for the long tease, and I don't know if I like that. I don't know if they're built. They're trying to build like some tension in the audience, like by, mm-hmm. you know, uh, having just these long periods of, you know, Jimmy being stuck in a store, and why do you take the job after he declined it? You know, I was about to go on a rant about, like, man, if you're in a relationship and you're telling as many lies per diem as jimmy does to kim like what the fuck get help <laughs> and also not i mean this takes place in like 2002 2003 uh, i thought it was interesting how jimmy reacted to the idea that he might talk to someone after death of his brother as kind of like as dismissal as it was kind of weirdly anarchist anachronistic but then again maybe maybe i'm on the I don't know, early adopter side. I, I just thought I just I just thought that mental health treatment wasn't maybe that is stigmatized in in, in Albuquerque in two thousand two, two thousand three. Fifteen years ago, man. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. Uh, that, I thought that was kind of weird. Here's here's the scene I think that should have kind of brought the episode home. It's the the cousins going into that compound and just cleaning house. Right. And unfortunately we don't actually get to see any of it like if i if i'm gonna have to sit through all of these longer drawn out scenes of things that are inherently intentionally boring right 
I at least want some kind of kick in the pants for the rest of the episode, but they neglected to even show us that part. Yeah, and they that's told a- us it's happening, but you don't get to see it. I mean, it's so funny because it it, it feels like it's one of those things where the cousins, their reputation for ferocity, it's just like you don't have to see it. You can just hear the sound, and, and it's kind of sure. it, it reminded me a lot of Fargo season one. Um, where you've got uh, uh, Ma- uh, Malvo going in and like just cleaning out like a whole seven-story building full of dudes, but uh-huh. it's all ta- all told from essentially just outside the building. You can hear what's going yeah. on. You can hear people screaming and gunfire. And I, I don't know because I feel like a lot of the cousins' mystique is based more on implication and you know hearing, not and and telling, not not seeing. And I was kind of like. You know, when 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 he was saying, hey, this is a compound and we're going to come back here at night with my, and the, the cousins kind of look each other and get out the big bag. I'm like, <laughs> oh, shit. Like, because yeah. like Barry this year, I thought I had some pretty compelling action scenes in amongst all the other stuff it was doing. So I, I guess I felt like, hey, we're actually going to get to see the cousins whip ass. Yeah. Me too. But they they literally cheaped out on it. Like that <laughs> stuff's expensive yeah. and it's difficult to shoot. And they staged essentially a, a two on three gun battle at the end. Yeah. Um and, and, and in an episode where two of the main plot threads mm-hmm. are intentionally boring, right? Like yeah. Jimmy sits in a fucking cell phone store bored right. the entire time. Kim sits right. in a courtroom doing God knows what the entire yeah. time. Yeah. I think you really needed to show that action. Yeah, no, I think Judge Neelix was right, though, that she is like broken <laughs> yeah. lawyer with her legal heart torn out trying to find, you know, in the domain of public defender, some kind of thing that she can hang her, you know, little girl dreams on. But you're right. Inherently, that's not super interesting to watch. And right. Jimmy flail around in, uh, you know, to the point it's like, man, this inventory week must be a hell of a thing because how the <laughs> hell do you pay, keep the lights on at this place? Yeah. Um, I think the implication there is that it's not actually customers that make it extremely busy. It's the employees, right? Like inventory week in my retail experience is when you go to the stock rooms and you just scan everything and huh. make sure that you have the correct inventory that you think you have. See, I thought maybe they got new inventory. So everybody comes in the look you lose or something. I, I maybe, I don't but know. I think it's, it's funny if the implication is, Oh, well the employees oh. get real active during one oh, week. God, of the year. That's terrible. Do you think, do you think Jimmy has got something here selling people? Uh, you know, it's like know. His, his sales pitch on the windows, essentially. Have you seen the wire? Right. Get your burners here. And when you're done, just throw them in the streets of Albuquerque. I, oh, yeah. I did like that new job, new phone yeah. uh, mantra. I, I think that's where the drawer full of phones is going to come from. Right. That's like the genesis of that. Yeah. No, I I, I, I can clearly see them laying so many tracks to re- him replacing the veterinarian. And I don't know it's because yep. whether Jimmy's just going to get entrepreneurial about it or if the like i think what's going to happen is the salamancas are going to get they're they're going to need his services again and he's going to be reluctant and lippy with them and the cousins is going to shoot him like there's because there's also like this huh. weird yeah. thing with the cousins and medical practitioners they've shown them have weird interactions with several now mm-hmm. um i i think that that's that that's all building up to something too which i i think that's it would be funny if Better call Saul. Saul Goodman is essentially just a front for Jimmy's real job of being Albuquerque's fixer hooker upper. 
mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, and like I, I don't know, like you know, Gus calling Mike out in the middle of the night and them leaving like just a fucking job as a cliffhanger. That felt, you know, I, I just, I, just, the, it's like I said last year. It's um, there, 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 that felt like two or three episodes of filler last year, and it was all front loaded in the early part of the season, and I got kind of frustrated. Um, and I feel like this is the first episode where, and it's different from. Like Breaking Bad would have like, you know, chess piece moving episodes where nothing Mm -hmm. got taken or captured, but you can see how things are moving. And there's a little bit of that with the Gus, like, you know, Gus is using the Salamanca's remaining muscle to mop up and solidify his power in Albuquerque. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty smart and interesting, but I feel like we as the audience are several steps ahead of this plan. We were. We talked about this last episode. Right. right? That's that was Gus's plan and yeah. it seems to be working and they spell it out here, which is nice. Right. You know, if you're not if you're not listening to podcasts all the time. Right. And the whole and sitting vi- down and analyzing all this shit. Right. And Victor going and doing the bullshit by was to so that the Salamancas would have their drugs at this person's yep. facility. So when the cousins went, it'd be look like, Oh yeah, look, they got a full key of her fresh stuff. Like Yeah. It it all makes sense, but I feel like I'm a couple pages ahead in the script, and I, I would like for Villigan to have the next level kind of reveal, mm-hmm. um, to, to 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 kind of help us help us figure things out. Yeah, we'll see. I'm hoping that laying some track with these uh, last episode, I will say in retrospect, is a little less track laying than this one. I think. Yeah. Uh, maybe I spoke too soon on that, but I think you know, with laying the track that they have in these last two right. episodes, hopefully. We're going to start seeing a little more forward movement and kind of just getting clued into where the characters are, like yeah. both in the plot and also in their own heads. Right. Because I, th- I don't know what's going on with Kim right now. She sure. seems to be off the rails just as much as Jimmy at this point. Right, right. She's got a fucking job to do and she's off daydreaming in court. Yeah, and it's a bigger, like, this is classic avoidance behavior. Uh-huh. Like, old Kim would have thrown herself into it, but like, man, I'm buried. I'm, I, I, I'm up to my ass in alligators. I got to start you know, making alligator skin boots <laughs> to coin a phrase, I guess. <laughs> and sell them. Uh, yeah. And sell them. And that's the how I want to make, yeah. Get your boots. That's going to be my law firm's deal. Every one of my lawyers are wearing alligator skin boots. How do we get it? We just kick that much alligator ass. <laughs> they played Goodfellas right before Better Call Saul. I feel like that's appropriate. Right. Um, some alligator skin in there. But she's instead trying to distract herself from the hell that she's had her own making. And she's she's obviously depressed. Uh, maybe she should mm-hmm. call this guy. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's a lot of a lot of. Uh, and then I think the best scene was Stacy talking about how she got through a day or a morning, at least without thinking about Matt. Yeah. And that's a huge step for someone in her position. But I think she sees it as a loss. You know? Well, and and I think it's bothering Mike, too. Absolutely. I think that's one of the reasons he popped off. Like, he turned the game that he was going to play with. I forget the, you know the 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 woman that he's attending these classes with Anita Anita yeah. uh do you think Fran's jealous of Anita I was wondering that yeah Mike shows Could up be. it's like you she know, seemed all right with it though you, she be, you better not be shoveling her snow Mike is what she says <laughs> when she sees him next time uh but like it's a fun game for him and Anita to kind of like smoke out this fabricator as you call him and mike turned it into a really vicious place because here's Mm -hmm. the thing and anita you could see her face she did not like that no i mean that's such a that's such a uh that's such a faux pas in that kind of environment to call like Mm -hmm. it's fine to call someone out when they're being glib or they're not 
treating the group with the respect and honesty they deserve. But like that, um, I man, it 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 felt like a violation. And here's the thing: like this guy could be going through some real shit about the loss of his wife. Maybe he's changing details because the real truth is is too painful, and he's warming up to it, or he's gay. Like, cause like you know, that's like one of those things. Like people. That, <laughs> I feel like that's something that movies do like, oh, I, you know, it's like Fight Club, right? Like I'm going to these support groups just to spun like it's it's something Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould saw in a movie and they want to make it. But like, I don't know. It felt like out of nowhere to me, but they kind of made it more like Mike's discomfort and anger and anguish over his daughter in law moving on. And like it made it. So I, I guess it was. But that's why I liked it so much. Like I thought. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Banks was doing some really interesting stuff with like the pain on Mike's face and, you know, reflecting in his face as he hears this story. And then when they got like it's it's painful enough to hear him listen to Stacy talk. But then when this guy comes and is a bunch of bullshit, he just can't fucking do it. Yeah, he just can't fucking do it. But I would like to see, you know, I, I hope there's more to the story than this, because right now. Yeah. Yeah, there's got to be. I, I don't think it ends there uh we're gonna see because mike also playing a little cavalier with gus right like if you're gonna make a move you better make it like that kind of stuff yeah i thought it feels like like he's gonna count the five and then drop the one knee and robocop all these guys <laughs> just like <laughs> i mean we know that can't happen right uh, no because Vic, you know we, Once victor's victor on lives. his side and right Tubac. right but you know it's like this was this is some interesting yeah but mike read uh I mean, I guess Mike always reads the room correctly. Wouldn't it be nice to see? I guess we already did see the time where Mike got yeah. it wrong, which is with Walter mm-hmm. White, because I almost like I kind of want to not see Mike taken down a peg, but like I'd like to see his instincts as not as 100 percent reliable as, as you can think, because that makes it more interesting. Yeah. Uh, but again, we've already uh, we've already seen his instincts be completely wrong and him be flummoxed on how to how to deal with somebody with with, with Walter. So mm-hmm. uh, anything else you want to talk about? Because we've got no, fe- not, we've, we've not got in the feedback. instant talk portion. Oh, all right. So that completes the instant take part of our podcast. Jim and I have had our say. If you are a club member, uh, you would now be treated to an instant talk portion where we actually uh, use uh, uh, YouTube's live chat features to take questions and comments from our live uh, audience on the Internet. I almost said studio. It's a studio, Internet, live, remote audience. Uh, if you'd like to get in on that action, it's easy. Go to club.ballmove.com. There's a preview of all the special features you get as a club member, and you can sign up today.